Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And you're listening to the From Concealment Podcast. Wait, nope, nope, nope. Not that one. You're listening to the Thriving Ministry Ninja Podcast. Ministry Ninja Podcast. Nope, nope, not that one either. It's a serious podcast, Pete. I, uh, it's my longest running podcast. It's also my podcast with the most downloads. We've got like a half a million downloads. Really? Yeah. Wow. I haven't had anyone sing Mo Give to me in years, though. So, you know. Half a million downloads? Something like that. Pretty Pretty good. It's not bad. One or two people are listening. It's It's just me and my my wife downloading on all of our devices over and over again. Wow. Can you imagine if you had that like a month? I mean, there's podcasts out there that get like... Those are real podcasts. I know, right? Those are one where people show up and actually want to hear it. It's probably like Joe Rogan. Isn't his the most popular podcast? Ours is the most popular church planner podcast on the planet. How is he up to like millions an episode? Is that what Joe Rogan would be? I have no idea. Huh? But I actually really enjoy listening to Joe Rogan's when I, when I listen to it. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, uh, He's honest, I think. He's authentic. Like when he's talking to people, he seems like he's very real. Yeah. I think that's why people like him. He's he's not kissing butt. He's just saying what he thinks. And he doesn't agree with, with everybody on everything. Right. And I think people dig that. Because he pushes back on stuff. Oh, he does. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. I mean, he pushed back a lot when they brought someone on and he was bringing up the flood and I mean, he's obviously not a Christian, doesn't believe in that. Right. And, but I find that stuff interesting because I like to hear 
how do people who believe differently than me, how did they arrive at their conclusions? Right. So that way I can see, you know, what are the holes in my arguments? What are the holes in their arguments? Yeah. So I, I appreciate hearing from people like that. Yeah, but. me too. Well, you know, Pete, um, I had a, I had a, like this weird dream. This is why I wanted to, to record this with you. I had this weird dream that um, we had Don Stoner on our podcast and we did this for like weeks. Right. And, uh, and he came on, he was talking all this like science mumbo jumbo. And then he started talking about like quantum physics and stuff like that. And, um, I had this, this dream, like we actually let Don Stoner on our podcast. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) I have no response to that. (laughs) And then I woke up and it was all true. I'm teasing. No, we, uh, we, we did a podcast with Don um, last week, and he had all these visuals. So we, you know, it was being broadcast Facebook Live, which was great. You know, it had all these visuals. and But for a podcast segment, it wasn't good. So we've got to go back to Don and just get it made for audio. So we're going to re-record it. So this is kind of like a filler today so that you don't have to listen to something you ought to watch. I should come up with like a really serious title and title it in the podcast. Like uh, Peyton deconstructs X, Y, Z. Oh, by the way, by the way, I had a funny thought this morning, totally off subject completely. It, I was working out and all of a sudden I just started laughing because I was thinking about it. <laughs> I was thinking about a time when I was over at your house and I'm talking to Andrea's friend. I'm like, you know, uh, Dr. Walter Martin, he did all this stuff with the cults, you know, like Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons. No, I'm a Mormon. They're not a cult. <laughs> I'm in the other room and I'm dying because I, I just watch you walk around. And afterwards, you're like, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, well, I didn't know you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm like, how could someone be like that close of friends with Andrea and Peyton and not be a Christian? Like, that's the thought that was going through my head. It's pretty funny. Well, so uh, today is just pure smack, and that is to give you a filler until next week because I don't have anything really intelligent to say other than check, check out the church uh, church plantology book. Cha-ching! See how I did that? And also um, to check out uh, the Ministry Ninja podcast. But other than that, it's smack talk. So I had to get my shameless plugs in there. How many listeners are you guys at for uh, Ministry Ninja? Not not what this show is. We're really? still building, Pete. We're still building. I'm yeah, but it no, is growing. I, I wouldn't surprise because that's a much more serious podcast than this one. It is a more serious podcast, but you know, we we've kind of got we've got our faithful listeners on here. I mean, we really have people that they're here. They're here for all of it, man. So, what about Robert Frazier? Is it Frazier? Is that his last name? That was did you get that message last yeah. night? Yeah, that was great. Go ahead and tell him about it. Well, he just said he was watching uh, Star Wars and he kept waiting for the podcast to start. <laughs> He's watching Return of the Jedi. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. And he was just like, I'm just waiting. You know, that honestly is the best work that Barry has ever done. Ever. It is. the yeah, Absolutely. All of his church work, all of his church planting work, all of his internship, all of his Bible teaching. Um, 
Yeah. Nothing right. compared to the intro he did for the Church Planner podcast. Correct. Yeah. Correct. That was that was his zenith. Um, Barry just it goes downhill from here. So thanks for giving your best. You you peaked at uh, in your twenties. I'm just glad we got his best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I How old is he now? it out of him. How old is he now? I think he's past 30 now. I think he's got to be right. Yeah. Because, I mean, I planted back in like 2005, and I think he was just out of college then. So he's probably like 18, 19 then. You know, I think. I think that's when he got saved. So, uh, yeah, pretty sure that's. Hey, was it your family that was saying one of you, you or Andrea, was going to get the the vaccine and the other one wasn't you were like trying to play the odds like one of you would get it and so if we were certainly talking about it was it you i can't remember yeah. who it was yeah. i was like that was me that was us. One had a really had that conversation. one of them gets it the other one doesn't right and you play the odds yeah because it's all about risk mitigation so we kind of had that idea like does one just in case right because no, but nobody knows. Like they don't really know what this thing does or doesn't do. I think that's become really obvious recently. Um, so yeah, we were like, "Hey, should one of us get it? One of us doesn't. In case we both get COVID, one of us is good." Or if, if the if the shot is bad, then only one of you. Then one goes down. Yeah. So either way, we're screwed, but just at different times for different reasons. Right. Yeah, because all I remember is I was bringing that up on the uh, podcast I was doing with Dan today. I'm like, I don't remember who it was, but it was a brilliant yeah, it was idea. Us. Yeah, yeah, it was us. And, you know, it's not a bad way to roll. I mean, you know, just depending. My whole uh, family is sick, and I'm convinced I'm just an asymptomatic carrier. Oh, do they have it? I don't know if they have it. If you don't know, you don't have it, right? That's the way we, we operate in this family. You just got the flu in the summer. You just got the flu in the summer. You know how it is. Yeah, summer flu. Hey, yeah. it's possible. Well, this thing is so virulent. I mean, it is just so, uh, it's just so transmissible that so many people are getting it right now. So, well, you know, according to the government, we're all going to get it, even if you have the vaccine. Well, and, and the kind of the cool thing is, is, man, you got this immunity afterwards. You know, you get all the benefits without, uh, without all the side effects. Right. So you are, in a sense, once you get it, it's kind of like you've been vaccinated. You know, people oh, totally. like, just get vaccinated. I did. I got COVID. I got vaccinated. Well, you thought I you got vaccinated. Oh, I, I've already had it. Yeah. Yeah. So when people say, oh, you know, if you get the vaccine, you don't get it as bad. Well, I pretty much had the vaccine then. Right. I mean, if it doesn't stop this one and getting exposed to it cuts down your chance of transmit. I've already been vaccine. Yeah. Right. Or yeah, the Delta variant, by, by that logic, the Delta variant, while it's way more transmissible, they did a study. I think it was England. Uh, 92,000 people. Um, 40,000 of them were vaccinated. And none of them died when they got COVID. Right. And the 50,000 that were unvaccinated, only six of them died. Right. So it sounds like this Delta variant is far more transmissible, but it's not stronger, which is good news. I mean, that's typical for a virus. I mean, it's usually going to be stronger or more transmissible. It doesn't do both typically. 
Like I remember uh, they were uh, studying Ebola and they couldn't figure out how Ebola like got to this, this one section of the lab. And then they realized, Oh no, it's finally gone airborne. Like the big fear for Ebola is what happens if this virus goes airborne, but it didn't have enough to kill those, the animals that were in that other part of the lab. And they're like, we got lucky. It went airborne, but it wasn't strong enough to survive as a virus. And so it didn't kill, didn't spread all that stuff. Yeah. So, cause that's one, man, if we have an Ebola breakout in the U S that's a scary one. It's a 98% kill rate to me that they're doing all this stuff in labs anyways, because I mean, we probably should not have had a variant already, right. For this virus. Like I'm, I'm still a little bit shocked that there was a, quote unquote delta variant i don't know so they have quick. lots of variants like delta is just the one that's most transmissible but yeah. it's it's not by any means the only variant because it's constantly mutating even don said that on the podcast it was like you would expect that because we would expect that to happen in this kind of environment hmm. yeah i didn't listen to don <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, the third episode we did with Don Stoner was the best podcast we've ever done. Yeah. Ever. That was a good one. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just to, to let you guys know, um, you know, the, the, the jury's out on this stuff. Like some people that come from a more fundamentalist background would be like, oh, Peyton and Peter liberal. No, we we're listening to Don. And I'll be honest, he really made me think. I mean, prior to that episode, I'd be like, oh, evolution's a bunch of crap. There's no proof. What I loved about what Don said is he goes, you know, there's evidence that contradicts in paleontology and uh, biology. And he said, you know, the, the only way to make them line up is, is to introduce God. And they never will. So they live with these contradictions and pretend that they're not there right and he said i when i talk to people tell them that you have to believe in god if you believe both of these evidences and you don't want them to contradict each other i thought that was absolutely brilliant and i had never ever heard somebody put it that way before yeah well it's like i i mean i've said this before theistic evolution isn't my own personal go-to argument but I don't have a problem with it because I realize the only way evolution can happen is if there's an intelligent design behind it. Right. Is if there's a but, creator who's basically every step of the way pushing it along. And what he was pointing out is you cannot have um, even theistic evolution in the sense where God, you know, started ago, and walked just, away. Yeah, yeah. Started and walked away. What Don's arguing for is in the, the gaps in the fossil record show that God intervened at different times to punctuate equilibrium. And it, it, it would just was a powerful argument for the existence of God with someone who believes in evolution. I think what Don presented was a way to enter that conversation and say, actually, you cannot believe in atheistic evolution and be consistent with the fossil record and you know, yada, yada. Whereas most Christians go fossil record proves uh, that evolution did not happen and yada, yada. And yet there are things in biology that Don would say are equal evidences 
And the only place to reconcile the two is God. And so it was, it was a powerful argument. I'm still, you know, the jury's still out for me, but I could see what he was saying. And I could yeah. go, yeah, I could, I could conceive yeah. of that being possible. Um, and and that's a, why for me, it comes back to, I honestly, I don't care either. I find it fascinating. It, yeah. it doesn't have eternal implications for me. Right. Right. Any form of theistic evolution doesn't have eternal repercussions on me. Right. It's just I thought fascinating. It, I thought it was really cool how he was like, look, you know, years ago, um, before LNG white, um, you know, everybody believed that, yeah. um, you know, in Seventh-day Adventist, everybody believed that the earth was billions years old. Like it was never really seen as something contradicting the Bible, um, you know, by, by most evangelicals until the appearance of Ellen, Ellen G. White. And I was like, wow, I, I didn't. And then he said, you know, even, even up until Henry Morris and those guys. And I was like, diehard Henry Morris. Like I, I went to one of their summer camps once, not as a kid, but as an adult, they, they put on this like summer Institute thing. I went to it, dude, I was so into that stuff. And, um, and at a certain point I was like, I think these guys might not be giving all of the information here. I think it's a very one-sided because scientists just poo-poo those guys. And I would watch debates and one of the, the great debates that was used. And I think I, I didn't get into this with Don, but, um, like there was a guy named Dwayne Gish back in the day. Um, he used to go around and debate evolutionists and he was from Institute for creation research, which again, Don would be like, Oh no, don't ever bring them up, you know, in in an argument. But Dwayne Gish had this amazing way of looking at, um, you know, he, he would say very similar to what Don was saying, totally different interpretation of everything, but he would say, you know, the monarch butterfly. How did that develop? And of course he would go into where a caterpillar turns into goop in a cocoon, turns into liquid, and then reorganizes itself into um, a butterfly with an exoskeleton and these beautiful uh, wings. And he's like, you know, that's not really something that could evolve over time. And so taking what he's saying there and going back to Don's thing about punctuate equilibrium, they're just things that had to have just been created like that. Like you couldn't get a, there couldn't be a trial and error on a cocoon or right. something liquefying itself. Like the species would die off. There's just no way for that to happen. So, well, yeah, I mean, even uh, your blood clotting, like think about that. If your blood clot, if your blood wouldn't clot fast enough or effectively enough, you could get a paper cut and be dead because right. you'd bleed out. Right. But yet if it did, too much clotting too quick you would turn to sludge in your body and you'd be dead like yeah it's such an absolute fine tune i mean incredibly fine-tuned it, it can't just happen right it, it just even, can't yeah even like a, a heartbeat like even some of the most primitive animals have some kind of circulatory system and you're like well that that's pretty ornate you know how does that happen what about the first cell like, how was the first cell created? Like, the more they look at a cell, you're like, oh, no, that didn't, you know. Now now they're, if you've ever seen those movies of the complexity, it's like all these machines. Like, you go into a cell, and they've got movies um, now where you can see all these gizmos and 
things floating around in one cell and you're like, yeah, that's pretty complex. It's more complex when you say the mitochondrion is the powerhouse of the cell. You know, that was, that was as complex as there's a nucleus, an endoplasmic reticulum with ribosomes and without ribosomes and a mitochondrion. You know, that's how we thought it was. Mm. And then now we're realizing like, no, there's like, there's like a whole city in a cell. There's like subway systems and like, it's crazy. You're like, okay, that's very different than what I thought in elementary school when I learned about a cell. Yeah. And it's funny you bring that up because we're watching uh, honey, I shrunk the kids at home. So, you know, (laughs) yes. Which only proves uh, that's very, that's very deep. That's too deep and scientific. But see, watching it as an adult, uh, his, his theory was there's a lot of empty space in every cell in every atom. What if we just sucked out all the empty space? We could shrink everything. I'm like, oh, he's right there. Because if you think about it, there's massive empty space in every atom. Yeah. yeah. I like where I he was going with that. Yeah. I don't know that I've actually ever seen that movie. I saw Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. I don't think I ever saw oh, it. It's not I as good as kids. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You got to go to Look, the classic. I, I got to say, though. I, I I will never forget when he blows up his toddler and his toddler's like six foot tall, running around, right. wreaking, wreaking havoc on the family and stomping everything. That was pretty funny. Well, that's what I look for is a good chuckle. Same. I've never seen Little Shop of Horrors. I, Rick Moranis. I, I love Rick Moranis. I don't know that I've seen Little Shop of Horrors either. Yeah. But we we were watching. Uh, yeah, I know. I we can't were watch musicals. We were watching Turner and Hooch because they came <laughs> out with a TV show. Is that any good? Yeah, it's actually pretty good. The TV show is not bad. I mean, when you got young kids, I wouldn't watch it as an adult. Yeah. So we decided to go back and watch the movie Turner and Hooch. So we finished that like two nights ago. Hooch dies in the end. And we didn't remember that. Oh, no. Did you destroy your kids? Dude, the kids are crying. Jamie's crying. I'm like, eh. (laughs) So I watch E.T. with my family. Does he die in the end? He does not die. But he dies and he comes back. <gasps> he does. He resurrects uh, because Elliot tells him he loves him. So here's the thing. He on home. He keep on home. He keep on home. <laughs> home, phone. You know, it, it's so funny because we showed Liberty this when she was maybe like seven or eight. And she, we're like, oh, did you like it? And she's like, no. We're like, oh, our child's broken. So we think, you know, we're going to redeem this because I know Eden is going to love this. Well, so like Liberty has always said, no, I don't want to watch it again. I don't want to watch it again. So we, we, we do the whole thing. We go to the store. We get the Reese's Pieces. Like it's big night popcorn, like all, all the stops, special candies. You know, it's like a mini movie theater in our, in our house. Right. Of course, we got our new bedroom set up. Right. Big king size bed and big TV and yada, yada. And. So we're, we're all ready and uh, we're convinced Eden is going to love this thing. So, well, Liberty gets home from youth group and we got a late start and uh, she plops herself down on the bed, starts watching it. Eden hates it. Liberty falls in love with it. Liberty's 12. So we're like, okay, this is not what we expected tonight, but now my youngest child's broken. <laughs> you have no soul. I cried like six times in this thing. In ET? Oh my gosh, dude. Heck yeah. 
Wow, you and I are so just me. I know. I, it just gets me. It, it just, first off, there's the nostalgia. When I was uh, eight and I saw this thing, I saw it five times. It was the same summer as Ghostbusters. Wake me when it's over. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it was just great. It brought back a ton of memories and a ton of nostalgia. I teared up a couple times at that. Um, Are you going to watch the new Ghostbusters movie? Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I know I shouldn't set myself up. When is that coming out? I think it's November. We should have had it already. That should have been a thing already. What's, ooh, Maverick, Pete Mitchell. If you guys do not know, if you've never figured this out, that's that's his name in it, Pete Mitchell. Millennials have no idea because the movie came out in 86. They don't know. So when I say I fly with Pete Mitchell, just know you can call me Goose. When you call me on the phone and I answer and say, talk to me, Goose. Most people nowadays have no idea why I'm yep. saying that. They have no idea why they're saying that, yeah. And and why it was uh, Big Guns marketing, not Top Gun, but Maverick, you know? The, the Pete Mitchell was the, wasn't it the marketing Maverick back in the day? Yeah, my shooter shirt says Maverick on one side and Pete Mitchell on the back. Yeah. When I compete. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Do people get it? Uh, only if they were alive in 86. Why have we never gone to, to downtown San Diego to the barbecue restaurant the top gun barbecue restaurant from the i film. didn't know there was one yeah dude that place that's where they filmed that that film where they're in the place and they're playing the piano and stuff no kidding dude that's downtown san diego come on let's go there eat some barbecue okay. it's a total tourist spot and Absolutely. the house where she is sitting on the railing out front that's in downtown oceanside right by the pier it's called the top gun house and they just built uh a Big couple of hotels around it, and the and the hotels bend, bend around the property so that that property is still sitting there, and they just restored it. It's called the Top Gun House. It's been there forever. It was derelict and run down, and then they fixed it up. I like that. Yeah, so it's right here in Oceanside. It's like ten minutes from well, the house. Well, it makes man. sense because isn't Miramar down there? Yeah, yeah. Well, and you got the naval base downtown. Yeah, you got Miramar. You got Camp Pendleton. I mean, if we ever get in a war, we're doomed. Like we're yeah, the they're, they're definitely up down here. They're sending a nuke to to San Diego for sure. Yeah, we're we're right in the strategic zone, so we're we're goners. World War Three happens. Say goodbye to Peyton. Say goodbye to the Joneses. Well, good news is, uh, according to my podcast with Dan Sams, uh, we're pretty much sure the World War Three is coming any day now. Yeah. Is it going to be a civil war or is it going to be an international world war? Uh, I would say it's going to be a combo. Oh, nice. Without a doubt. So it'll be civil war. And we bring in our enemies on each respective side. We the, This is our, front line. the enemies are going to wait until we've pretty much demolished each other. And then they're going to come in and mop up whoever's left. Yeah, there'll be nothing left. But I will be up in the hills uh, shouting Wolverine with some uh, oh, 19. That was such a you know, great movie. Some old I, I rewatched it, man. I love that movie. Yeah. Wolverine. Yeah. Red Dawn, baby. And Everybody they did a dies, remake, man. and it wasn't any good. What? They did a remake. Oh, and yeah, it wasn't yeah. any good. Yeah, the, re- the remake wasn't that great. No, you can't. You can't. You can't redo that. No, uh, that was such a good movie back in this day. It really was. Yeah. And what back I love is that up, they were making fun of. Uh, it was shortly after Reagan instituted form 4473, I believe, is what it is, which is what everybody has to fill out when you buy a firearm from a dealer. And so the uh, the the was it Cubans is Cubans with Russian backing? It was Cubans, yeah, Cubans. They were like, 
yes, we found your local gun store and we're taking all the 4473 forms and we're going to all those homes and collecting the guns. Yeah, it was so yeah funny. that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Like, that's the reason why, you know, the government wanted those 4473s. So they yeah, know who they, has what. The cool part is when they go to the, to the guy's, uh, I think it's like his grandpa or his dad and dude was a total prepper. He runs a gas station. Oh, yeah. and he hands them everything. He hands them all these weapons and says, you know, but they were all hunting the weapons. I think they were just hunters. I don't think he was oh, a was prepper. It? I think he was just a hunter and was like, here, take all this stuff. Oh, man. That, and they knew how to live so off the good. Land. It's why I want to actually learn how to hunt. I have no desire to kill anything. Yeah. But I just want the skill set in case I ever have to go live in the hills. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm kind of funny that way. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I, I remember when you were going down that rabbit hole and we were talking, and I'm like, you know, it's funny. I read that book years ago by, um, I think his emergency. last name is Strauss Emergency. Yeah. And by the end of that book, you get a little paranoid. And uh, even, even Neil Strauss says in the book, he goes, yeah, I started getting kind of weird. The further down this rabbit hole I went, the more paranoid I got. And you feel that as the reader, like you start feeling like, Maybe I should take a knife course out in the woods. <laughs> a knife course, I love it. <laughs> Maybe I should have an underground bunker with a with a motorcycle that comes out a secret hatch like the Bat Cave, you know, like. And he takes it like because he infiltrates the prepper community and he starts becoming a prepper. You know, it's just that paranoia starts taking over. Yep. I'm, for me, Pete, I'm I'm just always like, yeah, no, I'll die. That's cool. <laughs> I'm. I have no desire to, to live in post-apocalyptic. Just kill me. Oh, dude, That's cool. Totally do. If I can't. No, but think think about it, Pete. If you can't have AC, what's the point? No. You don't want to live I'm out in, in, the, in the baked sun all the time. Like, dude, if I'm in, first of all, I have the freedom to leave Southern California. I watch Naked and Afraid, and I'm like, no, I wouldn't last one day on that show. No. Uh, just, I, I tap. I'm ready to tap, man. If it, when, when real Naked and Afraid happens, I'm just tapping. I'm yeah, out of here, me, man. I, All right, I, Jesus, beam me up. I'm ready. I think I'd be so ready for that. You would? Yeah. I so wouldn't. I, it's like, I, nah. is how much gear do I take with me? Because it's going to be mostly on foot. So how many of my rifles do I take? How many guns do I take? How much you. ammo do I actually you're, carry? You're just, you're just basically going, I want to be hot and homeless and hungry. <laughs> And armed to the teeth. And, and armed like, to the teeth, baby. And I'm like, I'm like, no, no, I think I'd just be like, you know, I think it's time to check out of here. I think uh I, see, I, think, I, I play a lot of Fortnite, buddy. I, I want to be the last survivor. You do, you do, yeah. I got 14 you, you, wins now under my belt. Solo. You wins. want real life Fortnite, you do. I don't. I'm like, no, I, I think we know where I am in the rankings. No, I'm not kidding anyone. I'm yeah. I'm ready to go. Yeah, but see, I don't, I don't believe. Uh, I, I see, I don't believe most of what the evangelicals believe as far as the end of the world is concerned. Uh, are you and I aligned? Because uh, I don't think I do either. Well, yeah, I don't think you want to admit it, though. You never want to admit that on the podcast. What's that? I'm then I'm a post tribber. What's that? Then I'm more a preterist post tribber. Yeah. Oh no, I've always said that from the beginning. on the podcast. Yeah. Wow. I've always said that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I think the tribulation's no joke, but uh, secret rapture, that would be an excellent one. So Don's also a preterist. He can talk up a storm on preterism. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, that's, I got to talk to him about that. I'm more of a preterist than I am anything else. I'm definitely, definitely 
don't believe in a rapture. Absolutely believe in the second coming. And everyone always gets confused when you say you don't believe in oh, the rapture. I believe in a rapture. It's just when it happens. I don't um, believe every, every, in the rapture. I believe in the second coming. You don't believe in a secret rapture, but you believe you believe we will all be caught up in, in the air, but that's at the second coming, which is what I, I also believe. I don't believe that means what everyone thinks it means. No, it, well, it doesn't. That's what I'm saying. It's more than an idea. To me, every go, Christian, go, every Christian second. believes in a rapture. It's just a, a, a question of when do you think it's going to happen? You know, I got right. this uh, this little list here um, about the last Trump that is the signal for Christ to appear. I, I made this list up years ago. The last Trump will be the signal for Christ to appear. And that's Matthew 24, 30 through 31. First Thessalonians 4, 16. The last trumpet will accompany the earthly phenomenon surrounding the second coming of Christ. At the sound of the last trump, the wicked will mourn. At the sound of the last trump, the righteous will be raptured. It's Matthew 24. At the last trump, the righteous will be resurrected. It's all around. Do a word study on the last trump, and you will find it all happens at the last trumpet. It's all the same thing. So the secret rapture was something, if we wanted to go back and quote Don or copy Don, where he was saying, you know, when this, well, it came during Edward Irving. Um, they had a prophetic, uh, wow, I didn't think the podcast was going this direction today. Uh, we're getting ready to hop off anyway, so we'll just leave you with this. But it came through a vision that someone had much. A 12 year old girl in Scotland. Yeah. And, uh, and it all happened that way. And it ended up uh, becoming a thing. But prior to that, the church. In like the believed, 1860s. Yeah. The, the church always believed they'd go through the revelation. Just read, I mean, the uh, tribulation. Right. Read Fox's Book of Martyrs. Uh, that'll cure you of any belief that, oh, God wouldn't let me suffer that. Um, no, it's happened multiple times in church history. And people have suffered all of that torture and hardship and nastiness. And uh, See, I got to have Don on just to talk about the preterist. If we if could do that. We could do that. I really would. I'd love to know his thoughts on that. So uh, you guys, we're loving Don. Um, we and do this, need to This is why this our one, podcast but... will come to a, an end with no one listening. <laughs> They'll be like, theistic evolution. I mean, they're, they're just going to go down the line and go, hey, hey, we, we're, we're not advocating theistic evolution. Just to be clear, what we're saying is we're having a scientist on to hear how he talks to people. We're not telling you you got to believe in that. What we're telling oh, we're you, just saying we're just saying the only way evolution can make any sense is if there's a creator. Yeah. Yeah. And Don, Don, I, I believe he actually believes in theistic evolution. And that is where he made me for the first time open up to it. I've never been open to that before. It was the first time I thought, huh, they're actually making some good points here. You, you're making me think again. I'll have to go back to the scripture. I'll have to look at, you know, to make sure is this is this viable? But uh, I think I think Don kind of demonstrated he definitely respects the scripture and is looking very close at it. But anyways, guys, uh, this is more just a filler to give you something to let you know we love you and uh, to uh, cuddle you a bit, not to leave you by your lonesome this week after going on vacation multiple times this summer and leaving you a couple weeks. I'll never forget that po- that meme that that guy sent uh, me when Church Planner Podcast doesn't drop a show that week. And it shows the guy kicking around by the playground and sitting on the bench all depressed. And uh, that was from uh, Narco. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, I, that I get Pablo that." Escobar. I, I have a, I have a, I have a podcast that I listen to and have listened to for years um, on gaming 
And more and more recently, they're just not posting every week. And it, it, I'm feeling that. And I, I don't want to do that to my audience, even if it's just a ridiculous show like today, where we're not even talking church plan. We at least want to say hi, check in, give you something to laugh to, something to come home to, something to do your yard work to. And I uh, tell you, and next week, we'll be back with Don with a non-boring episode. I dig it, man. All right. We'll be back next week, guys. Talk to you. All right. Then. See you guys later. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.